Welcome to the Transform Your Wedding Podcast, a how-to guide for taking your wedding to a whole new level. Here's your host, Marie Kubin from Rent My Wedding. Hey everyone, today we're talking about 10 things that your wedding guests don't actually care about. I'll be chatting with Jamie Wolfer, a wedding planner turned blogger. She's the owner and principal planner at JW Coordination in Southern California. And when she's not planning weddings, she's sharing amazing tips on YouTube with hundreds of thousands of viewers. So let's jump right in and hear all of Jamie's tips. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, I'm really excited for today's episode because wedding planning can be so stressful and overwhelming. There are so many details. And honestly, you know, once you've planned a wedding, especially if you're a planner, you kind of start to realize that there's a lot of details that your guests really don't care about. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited that as a planner, you've got so much experience and you've really seen it. So I'm excited for you to share with everyone 10 things that your guests really don't care about that much. And so you don't need to stress out about it when you're planning your wedding. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, that's the key part right there. It's so you don't need to stress out about it because what I've come across and what I've seen over and over again, both on my channel with people responding and then with my clients in like actual real life is that people feel like they have to do these things. So, uh, it's actually one of the first videos I made on my channel was something exactly along these lines, releasing people from that responsibility of doing the things that they felt like they had to do. So, when we say lists like this, we're not saying that they don't matter to some people. We're not saying that they don't matter to the couple um, or to you or to your partner or to your parents. We're not saying that some people on the planet don't care about them. We're saying that we've seen a lot of people not appreciate them um, or a giant portion of people not appreciate them. So we wanna release you from that responsibility unless you feel like you wanna do it. So that's, that, that's the main goal of listicles like this, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Just taking the pressure off and you know, the whole thing is to make it your day. So think about what's important to you and this might give you a good starting point, but honestly too, just think about what details matter to you, what details don't matter to you because you don't need to follow the rules. You should do what you want to do for your wedding. Yeah. And that's the greatest thing about weddings these days is people are, are they're doing what they want. And I'm like, it's, it, you just see so many unique things in weddings these days and every single wedding we work the couple has like placed their personalized stamp on it whether literally or just metaphorically um and so it's really cool because every wedding feels different because the couple feels free to express themselves and that's that's i think what makes my job so much fun definitely yeah well i know you've got a lot of tips for us here so why don't we just jump right in so what is your number one tip of something that you think doesn't matter all that much so this is, okay, I feel like I have to make a couple disclaimers. Um, I'm not saying that I don't like these things. I'm not saying again that people don't like these things and I'm, I'm making disclaimers because in that early video, I got roasted. <laughs> people were like, I love that, how dare you? And I'm like, I, I do too, that's not what I'm saying. So uh, just as a gentle reminder, some of these things may apply for you and some of them may not apply for you. It's just, you know, just, there's, there's a lot of people who don't care as much as some people do. They're cool. <laughs> um, so the first thing on the list is invitations. I'm a sucker for good invitations. Are you kidding me? Especially like the flat lay photos. 
oh my goodness, when you just get it all like lined up and the full suite, I love invitations. But most people will get your invitation and it will go straight into the trash. So there will be those people who will treasure it. There will be those people who love paper goods. I'm one of those people. I save invitations from all of my couples. Like I love invitations. But I'm also, I also know that a bunch of people don't. They'll get the information that they need off of it or they'll keep the RSVP card and then the rest of it goes straight to the trash. Which is, if you're spending five to $10 per invitation, that's a lot of money that's just going to the trash. Now, if it's important to you and you like the paper goods, yes, but it's still gonna go in the trash for a lot of people. Yeah, that's so true. Honestly, I'm one of those people. I, I'm not a hoarder, so it's gonna get recycled. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a hoarder, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so how about tip number two? Tip number two, sticking with the paper goods train. I'm just, I'm just, you know, calligraphers don't come at me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but programs. Programs are great. When people come to their seats, they have something to like awkwardly look at so they don't have to make conversation with anybody around them. But again, as soon as your ceremony is over, it goes straight into the trash. So when it comes to programs in general, I can understand wanting to let your guests know when activities are happening, or I can understand wanting to give them something to hold. That, that one, the second one's a little necess less necessary. Um, but if you want to do a program, do one large giant sign because then everyone gets to see it and you're not buying or printing individual programs for every single person. Now, the caveat to this is if you want to do a program fan, do it. Like if it's going to be hot enough that people are going to want to be fanning themselves, that is a very, very gracious thing to do. But that means it's serving two purposes, not just one. If you're going to do a program, do not do individual ones at the seats because again, straight to the trash. Totally. You know, I have this deep, dark secret that I've actually never told anyone about programs, but for my own wedding, I totally messed up our programs. I put all of the bridesmaids names as the groomsmen and we didn't notice till the day of the wedding. So we handed out all these programs with all the wrong names. It looked ridiculous and not one person noticed. So literally oh no gosh. one noticed. <laughs> So That's, I agree. I think programs are maybe a little overrated and just do one big one. I love that. That's the, that's the best thing I've heard all day. Oh my good. And no one noticed. Nobody. <laughs> or if they did, they didn't say anything. That's so. I mean, that could be too. I just want to go with no one noticed. Okay. No one. No one. Yeah. No, of course. No, nobody noticed at all. It's fine. <sighs> okay. Well, moving on. Tip number three. Yep. Uh, this is, this will be the last one in the paper goods. Okay. This will be the last one, but escort cards. Escort cards are very effective at communicating where people need to be going. We're not saying that escort cards as a whole don't matter, but if you're going to go extravagant with them, a lot of people tend to leave them behind. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to do those um, agate, is that how it's pronounced? Agate? Agate? I think it's agate. I don't know. Let's run with that one. Um, like the little stone name cards and they're beautiful and a lot of people will take them, but a lot of people will leave them as well. So you're going to spend two to three dollars on a piece of stone and have a calligrapher write it for you or use that cricket because mm, we love our crickets um, and make these beautiful escort cards and a lot of them will be left behind. If you do have assigned seating, so like an assigned chair and you have to do an escort card, that's perfectly fine, but there's nothing wrong with a little tented card 
um, as opposed to something that's a little bit fancier. Now, of course, if that is something that you still want to do after hearing me say most of them go in the trash, if you still want to do it, go ahead and do it. That's perfectly fine. But you will be going home with a lot of them afterwards or the servers will be throwing them away. Yeah, that is so true. I'm all about keeping it simple. So I love the little tented place cards. I think that totally works. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, on to tip number four. Tip number four, this, this one got me some heat. It got me some heat on YouTube. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Um, but we just, we see this a lot. And I think that's important to remember as I'm sharing all these tips. I see this a lot. And that's why I made this video early on. And that's why I have an immediate list to go to. I know the things that the guests don't care about. I know the things that are left behind or that they don't pay attention to. And one of them is your guest book. Because especially if it's a, a book that's stationary in one place that people are expected to go up and sign, you're going to have it like, 50% full or less. Why? That's what happened with my guest book. That's what's happened with so many of my clients' guest books. It's a great idea and it's very fun, but a lot of people will not go up to it. So if you're going to do one, our recommendation is that you do something a little bit more interactive. Uh, for our wedding, we did the Instax cameras, like the Polaroid cameras, and it still was only like halfway full. A bunch of people didn't even sign it. They just took pictures and like took pictures with them, which is fine. It's not that big of a deal. Um, or have it go next to your photo booth because then people are a whole lot more likely to glue one of the photo strips in there and write something cute real fast. But if it's just one of those sign your name books, which again, most people don't do these days, um, you're gonna see not a high uh, response rate to that. Even if you do have something that's more fun and more interactive, you're gonna see a much lower response rate than you're expecting. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I love your idea too about trying to do something a little more interactive or different like the photo booth because I mean, honestly, as the couple, I don't know if you're really going to look at a guest book of just everyone signing their names. Yeah, I know I have one of those books and I haven't looked at it in 10 years. So um, but I think it'd be really cool to see the photos because you see, you know, all your guests dressed up and that's kind of a really fun memory that way. So I love the photo booth and the photo strip idea. And if you're going to do a guest book, my, another recommendation for that is like, make it something you will look at. So it could be a book of uh, your engagement photos that you've had people go through and sign um, that you got from Shutterfly or Minted or something. So it's beautiful, it's well bound, and it sits on your coffee table. That's cute. You're gonna go back and look at that. Um, one of sometimes with like the big poster ones that people sign, this is, this is just me personally, but like, I did not want to do that because I like design and I like a nice aesthetic and I didn't want people's messy handwriting on my wall. <laughs> so if you are that same kind of person and you're contemplating doing a large poster um, that people can sign the matting around a beautiful photo of the two of you, that's great. Just consider, is this something you actually want to hang onto your wall? Otherwise, you know what you're going to do is you're going to put it in your closet and it's going to move with you from house to house to house to house until you feel so guilty, but you end up throwing it away. <laughs> so true. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So we're halfway done. We are on to tip number five. Yes, we are. Let's talk about them linens because nobody cares. Nobody cares. No one will notice if you, uh, well, I mean, some people, and like I would notice if you upgraded your linens, but most people are not going to know that you opted for the bougie, like nice textured linen. Most people are perfectly fine with white or ivory 
they're not going to know the difference. They like, while we will see the pop of color, if you do a table overlay, like I, I, your girl loves a good aesthetic. Okay. So we're not, we're not dissing that necessarily, but there's no reason necessarily, unless you want to, again, there's no reason to pay $50 a linen for something that is a crinkle white when you could just get a plain white. And most of your guests will have no idea. So true. Yeah. And honestly, it is so expensive to upgrade your linens. I can't even tell you. And usually your venue will give you the white linens for free. So seriously, just do yourself a favor, save some money and go with those standard white linens. Especially if you're like torturing yourself over swatches and you're like, which one's more our color? Just, just go white. Just go white. I mean, of course there's great opportunities to do black or different colors. I love when that happens. But the good news is most people will never know. And that's, that's also a, a key point. No one will know what you were deciding between. They'll only know what's there. So they won't know that you opted for the cheaper linen. They'll just see a linen. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, like no one's judging your wedding to begin with. It's like they're just there to have some fun and hopefully an open bar and get in the dance floor. Like no one is sitting here like critiquing your choices and stuff like that. So that's the other thing I always like to tell couples like, you need to relax. Like no one cares that much in general. They're not judging you. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah. No one cares as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So how about tip number six? Tip number six. Okay. This is, this is, uh, different for different cultures. Um, so right now I'm, I'm based in Southern California and this is something that we've seen people really not like. And for a logistics purpose, for me as a planner, I really don't like it. I also understand that this is really common for other cultures and in other areas. So like take this one with a teensy grain of salt, but open seating. Open seating is a logistical nightmare for me as a planner, but I will do it if that's what my clients want because we're not here to serve my needs. But the guests don't like it either because especially if you have uh, like a group of six and they can't find a table to go sit at because they're all tables for eight and there's groups of four here. There's groups of, you know, three here and it's a family and they don't want to break up the parents with the kids. Those kinds of situations we've run into um, where it's made it really, really difficult to figure out how to get them seated because open seating, you can't get the perfect numbers that you're looking for. And a lot of times guests don't like it at all because then they're going to sit next to somebody who they don't know. And you may think that you're encouraging conversation, but think of those introverted friends that are like, are you kidding? I have to go sit next to someone I don't, I'm just going to scarf down my dinner and just get out of here as quickly as possible. No, thank you. So I personally like assigned tables the best. You don't have so much seat to sit in, just give them a table. Just like here, you're at table 12, Mr. Smith. Great. Um, but the open seating concept, it does stress a lot of guests out and it does make things more complicated. If you do choose to, choose to go that direction, we recommend adding like 10 to 15% more for your tables and seating because you're not going to get perfect numbers. It's just not going to happen. Oh, wow. Yeah. I never would have thought of that one actually, because open seating seems like you're trying to be so nice to your guests. Like, Hey, we'll make it easy open seating. But no, I totally get it now. Like that is stressful if you're the guest. So Totally makes sense. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a pretty extroverted person, but if I went to an event and it was open seating, I'd be like, oh, I gotta go find someone and make conversation. Okay, I just wanna sit and eat my food. Just, okay. But now I'm sitting, like, what if you sit next to the person who talks a lot? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm probably that person for most people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got it. No open seating. Please have assigned tables at a minimum, if not assigned seats altogether. 
Awesome. Okay. So how about tip number seven? Tip number seven, tosses, bouquet toss and garter toss. We have so many clients who are opting to not do these at all. Um, whether it's because they don't want to, or whether because if they think it's, they can get a little raunchy because some of them do. And that makes grandparents uncomfortable, makes parents a little awkward. So for whatever reason, we're seeing a lot of clients move away from this in general. And that makes me happy simply because they're doing it. They're choosing not to do it because they don't want to do it. Um, but your guests aren't going to care if you do it or you don't do it. They're not going to. Um, I've never seen a guest leave a wedding. Now they may have been thinking this in their head, but no one's ever been like, they didn't do a bouquet toss. Can you believe? No, no one's done that. Or no one gets upset about not having a, a garter toss. So if those two make you feel really awkward and on display, or you really don't want to do that to all of your single friends and like corral them onto the dance floor, that's up to you. A lot of people love this tradition, but a lot of people don't care about it at all. Totally. Yeah. I think that's such a great point. Like you have permission to just go ahead and skip this tradition altogether. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if it'll make grandma uncomfortable. Totally. <laughs> All right. How about tip number eight? All right. I, I don't have notes down here. That's, that's funny. Uh, favors. Same exact thing as like the cute escort cards. Y'all, we get, we round up so many leftover favors at the end of the night. So many. Um, will some people take them? Absolutely. Yes. We're not saying they're not taken at all, but more often than not, we see about 50% of them left behind, which is a lot. That's a lot. Um, and so if you're spending anywhere from one to four or $5 per favor, and then you're going home with 50% of them, that in my opinion is wasted money. Now, um, oftentimes if, 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 uh, clients will do an et, like something to eat, like chocolate or they'll do like a dessert bar with take home bags or boxes, that's different. Those are, those feel less favory and more like a, a late night snack. But if it's everyone gets little, I don't know, like we had someone do chocolate bars, which was very cute. And they got a personalized picture of their dog on it. And it was like, it was super, super cute. There were so many left over. It was unreal. So this couple's going home with like a box full of all chocolate bars, just so many. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think that's such a smart tip. It's um, too about the budget. So I'm always looking for ways I can help people save money. And I think that is spot on because favors are something that you can just totally take out of the wedding. No one's going to notice and it'll help you save a lot of money on your budget that way too. Yeah. And that one is also... I, as I found out through the comment section on YouTube, that one's also pretty cultural. There are some people who are like, my grandmother would kill me if I didn't have some sort of favor to send people home with. So I get that if you have to do it for certain reasons and you have to do it, but if you are feeling the pressure to do it just because you think it's supposed to happen, wipe it off your plate. It doesn't matter. <laughs> totally agree. Awesome. Okay. How about tip number nine? Tip number nine. This one, this one is this hopefully will make a lot of people feel better. Your grand exit. Because that happens so late in the evening that less people are there. Um, if you want that epic photo, that, that uh, sparkler photo, which I know a lot of places actually here in Southern California won't allow that because of fire hazards. But, you know, I, I'm assuming in other places people do have that as well. Those photos are amazing. They're great. But your photographer will probably want to do it before a bunch of people have left. And then if you do the grand exit early, people feel like it's their permission to leave instead of going back to the dance floor. So 
those photos are amazing. They're some of my favorite stinking photos ever. Sparkle exits, bubble exits, confetti exits. Oh, I love them all so much. Um, but your guests don't, it doesn't matter to them as much as it would to you or to me. So if you're feeling like, oh, we have to plan some sort of grand exit, something big with, with things in the air and people yelling, no. You can do that if you want to, and it'll make your wedding planner happy if you do, because they're great photos, but your guests aren't gonna mind. And secondary to that is also your grand entrance. Um, whenever I have a couple that's just disinterested in a grand entrance, or uh, they're more introverted and they just don't wanna be, they're like, I'm, I've been on display all day, I don't wanna come up with more reasons to be on display, you can make that really casual as well. It doesn't have to be your bridal party dancing in all awkward with you and like everyone comes up with their own moves. Those are fun. Don't get me wrong. But if you hear that and you're like, gross, I can't, I don't want to do it, then don't do it. It's totally fine. Yeah, totally agree. And I'm so glad, Jamie, that you said that because I didn't do a grand exit and I didn't even know that it was a thing when I was doing my wedding until afterwards. I'm like, oh my God, we didn't do a grand exit. But yeah, obviously it didn't matter that much. And um, it's all just personal preference. So you should just do what you want to do. And a lot of people, I think grand exits are a fad that really only came around within the last handful of years. I'm sure people have done them for a long time. I'm not saying they haven't existed, but I think, I think Pinterest has uh, helped us a lot in the wedding industry and also created a lot of pressure to, to do these things that people weren't doing 10 years ago. A lot of times if you would see confetti thrown or rice thrown, it'd be after leaving the ceremony. Um, but grand exit photos started coming out and they looked amazing. And then a lot of people jumped on. So it's not something that's happened for a really long time. Like historically, I'm pretty sure more, most of the tossing happened after, after like leaving the church or the ceremony. Totally. Yeah. I love that's another good point there. Pinterest, it can be amazing for getting ideas, but it also can be a nightmare because you can drive yourself crazy trying to like keep up and top everything you see there. So yeah, I love that too. It's great to go to Pinterest, get some great ideas, but then once you find your wedding, please step away from Pinterest because it's not going to do any good to keep looking at it once you've got your plan set. Absolutely. I like in, I, that's even something I touch on in, in the course that I have. I'm like, there's a point where you have to walk away. Like you just, you just have to walk away. Cause then you're gonna do that comparison game and you're gonna be like, Oh, is that better? Should I change my mind? Do I like this anymore? Nope. No, sir. No, ma'am. You just walk your behind on out of there. You close on out of that app and you don't go back because the comparison game will get you. And I think another, th we're like totally tangenting on Pinterest, but I'm okay with that. Pinterest is one of my favorite resources and tools. It's also one of the most harmful things for some of my clients because the pictures don't come with price tags on them. So you'll look at a picture on Pinterest and you'll be like, that's cool. I want that. And I'm like, that's, that's a $300 arrangement. You don't want that. Like you, you don't want that. Is it beautiful? Yes, absolutely. Do I love it? Yes, I love it. But like, let's find a version of that that we can do um, that will be so gorgeous and also so within your budget. So true. Yeah, I think you've got to just take everything with a grain of salt and um, don't get overwhelmed with trying to make everything look just like you see on Pinterest because it's not necessarily reality, everything that you see on there. Yeah, yeah, definitely not. So awesome. All right. We are almost done. What is your last tip for things that guests don't really care about that much? Ooh, this is, this is Kay. Don't, don't at me. Okay. Cake. Do you, do you guys know how much leftover cake I see at events all the time, all the time, like without fail. 
because usually cake ends up coming out partway through the dancing portion of things and the servers will cut it up and plate it up, but people don't want to leave the dance floor. They're not coming back for it. I see tears of cakes thrown in the trash. Like I had a, bra I, this happened recently where they threw away the entire bottom tier and then went around and picked up all these plates that no one had eaten the cake from. I'm not saying people don't like cake. I'm saying that the seven tier monstrosity, gorgeous monstrosities that they are, are becoming more a thing of the past. Less people are going towards them. We do see a really great resp response rate to dessert tables. Of course, people are gonna say, oh, chocolate covered pretzels. Oh, you've got kettle corn. Oh, you've got mini cupcakes. There's gonna be a, a myriad of tastes that are pleased with the dessert table, especially if they're like bite-sized because then people feel less guilty and they clean it out. There's a dessert table company that we work with. And when she goes back, there's rarely any leftovers. People just like, like locusts on those tables. They just go crazy. But we always see cake getting thrown away. Like, especially if it's a multiple tier cake, people won't come back for it. A lot of people don't like it. And, or, or they just want to keep dancing or they'll forget to go eat it. And it just gets all thrown away. Yeah, that makes total sense. And those wedding cakes are expensive too, especially if you're getting that seven tier cake, you're paying a lot. So I know one thing, like what I did for my wedding is I had a smaller cake and then we use sheet cake. So that way, like you still have cake if you want it, but it's the really budget friendly version in the sheet cake from the bakery, not the whole full on wedding cake. Yeah. And I know that we love, we love a good photo moment. <laughs> We love a good photo moment. Um, and some people will talk about adding in faux tears into their cakes. You know, like you do you, talk with your baker, be open to hearing his or her feedback on the situation because they're really good at what they do and you've hired them for that reason. Um, you know, often a, a sheet cake or a kitchen cake, those are great. Sometimes it actually isn't cheaper necessarily uh, for a baker to do that. So just be prepared to hear that as well. Some of them are like, oh yeah, I charge less for that. And the other of them go, well, no, I'm still doing the same amount of work same amount of ingredients. So it's maybe a little bit less because it's not as bougie, but it, like, it's still not cheap. So definitely have an open and frank conversation with your baker on those things. Definitely. Awesome. Well, those are such great tips. I love it. So 10 things that your guests really don't care about. I love that this kind of just helps you to de-stress a little bit and not worry so much about what everyone's thinking. So I hope you guys love that you have permission to not get all worked up about certain details and you can skip things if you want to or do them if they're important. But at the end of the day, honestly, it's all up to you and you should do what you want and not be so concerned about trying to follow the traditions or the rules or what other people think. So I think this is great. It gives people just, I think, peace of mind to know that it's okay and they don't have to focus so much on every single detail. Absolutely. That's the biggest takeaway we want you guys to have. Like, do what you want. Choose the things that are important to you. Or, you know, there's probably a little bit of family pressure there as well that you might have to do some of these things on this list, even though you're like, I don't want to, but my mom says I have to. I, that's going to happen too. And we're, we're aware of that. But don't feel pressured into doing things because you saw it on Pinterest or because you feel like it's normal to do. Uh, this is us releasing you of that obligation. Totally. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. I really love sharing your tips here. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed those great tips and you can find out all about Jamie's wedding planning company over at jwcoordination.com. You can also follow them on social media at jwcoordination. And check out Jamie's YouTube videos. They're full of even more great tips and they're really hilarious. 
you can find her on YouTube. Just look for her name, Jamie Wolfer. And the last thing I want to share is that Jamie's also involved in some other resources that I think are really great. She's a co-host of the Union Podcast, and she's also involved with this great website called theweddinghacker.com. It's a great resource if you're looking to save money on your wedding. So definitely check those out. All right, everyone. Well, last thing before we go, make sure you check out all of our podcast episodes over at transformyourwedding.com. Thank you so much for watching and I will see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Rent My Wedding, your one-stop shop for event rentals. Order online and rentals are delivered right to your door. Shipping is free both ways nationwide. Rent lighting, backdrops, photo booths, and more. With the most five-star reviews in the industry, Rent My Wedding makes rentals easy and affordable. Book your rentals today at www.rentmywedding.com.